Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And we're here today to talk about Minute 3 of the movie Groundhog Day. And in Minute 3, we have Kenny offering to cover for Phil so he doesn't have to rush on back from Punxsutawney. And Phil making it quite clear he is going to rush back from Punxsutawney just as quickly as he can. And we're also introduced to a new producer, Rita. So uh, so a lot going on. Yeah. A lot happening in minute three. When yesterday we were talking about Kenny uh, and talking about like what's his attitude toward Phil, what's his attitude as like this newer guy, this 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 fill-in. When Kenny's talking to Phil, he's obviously helping introduce Rita, who will be on this this thing. But how he talked to Phil, like he's got his little notebook there. It feels like, like it's almost like he kind of knows that Phil's kind of been a curmudgeon on doing stuff. And maybe it's kind of like Rita, maybe not Rita told Kenny, but maybe like the higher ups told Kenny to kind of pass along to Phil that like, oh, he should, uh, you know, kind of go with some more of the ideas that our new producer Rita wants to do. How he said like, oh, Rita wants to stay down and, and, and enjoy the town and talk about the, the, the little little culture of this town around the holiday. You know, Kenny makes a good point because I feel like for Phil to like, they spend almost two hours getting out there. Mm-hmm. They do a three to four minute segment and then they drive back. It's kind of a waste. It's like a waste of resources. Like Rita's like, if it was, if this movie took place in a modern day where a producer Rita was around now, she would be having a blog. She would have a blog. She would have a Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. She would have like she would have a video series about every town that she visits in. You could just uh, you could tell like every time like, she must have got educated in the city and like does probably doesn't experience a lot of like little towns because she is so excited to go to these towns and just eat up everything they have to offer. Right. And, yeah. It's it's this is yeah, she's amused. This seems like a, a new thing for her. Though I, I, I question – so you certainly have a good point. Like they're driving – I mean they're they're packing up. They're taking the van out. They got the equipment for a shoot that's going to be, yeah, three, four minutes of the groundhog. Does it really make sense? On the other hand, what what would they stay for? I mean other than if you just like kind of R&R relaxing in a nice quiet town. But in terms of of news or anything they might record that the station can use – I mean, no, no offense to Punxsutawney, but is there anything else going on? Like af- outside of the Groundhog thing, what else is there to really report on? And uh, that's what I'm thinking. What Maybe this is Rita's idea of what to do, because maybe the last three, you know, the last four years he's been doing it. Mm-hmm. It could have just been that. You know, they send Phil up there. Phil more and more is like talking about the Groundhog. Okay. And then they cut and they're just like, man, the, the time like, they said, like, you know, a rating show that people want to see the groundhog because we're, you know, we're within, yeah. within that punks and tawny vibe that people want to experience a groundhog day. But it's like at the cost of like, send the people up there, the gas. Um, but then Rita comes along with this idea of like, what if we did, you know, like throughout the day, like maybe we like talked about it. We report, we did like a re- report and a review about it. And maybe we kind of like brought that back to the people after the fact, like this is what we experienced there. Mm-hmm. I know her and Larry don't do it, 
But I feel like uh, her and Larry would be on board with like throughout the day they keep cutting to her, right? And and, and Phil in the town talking about the nice sculpting contest, like the the charity ball, mm-hmm. um, you know, so like it, like the festival. Yeah, turn it so turn it more into. And, you know, maybe it doesn't stretch out in the weeks, but something that they they flash to for all those different all the different segments of the the local news. So instead of just the morning report, then the midday where you go to, yeah, the ice sculptures and stuff and then the evening news, you have little bits or or they could be, you know, taping stuff for next year, because I'm sure if you go out a day early you can't get anyone's time. Like it's just packed. It's, it's busy. It's like New Orleans at, at Mardi Gras. Yeah. Whereas afterwards it's probably really easy, like, or much easier to get an interview. Like if you want to talk to the, the, the groundhog wrangler, the guy who's taking care of the groundhog, like what, where's the groundhog the rest of the year? What's he doing, you know, on his day off. Yeah. And then even if they save it for, for next year, then they've got that in the can. So yeah, I could, yeah. I could see that. And that kind of touches into um, some of the different aspects of Rita's character that that are in the script. I don't know. Do, we, do you have more you want to talk about Kenny, or, or can we jump into uh, to Rita? No, just I. Yeah, I feel like when Kenny says that to Phil, he's he's actually trying to like say, you know, maybe in the sense of like Phil, if you're serious about going to another network, mm-hmm. like you got to have like a bigger, you got to at least put. An effort. You got to be a little bit more open minded. And Rita has a really good idea. And if you go along with it, maybe like you'll actually get to go to the places you want. Like I, yeah. I don't think Kenny's dumb, mm-hmm. but I think Kenny's like take the opportunity and open your mind up to like other other cultures and other little like just the people. Just open your mind up to people because clearly you don't want to be near anybody. You really <laughs> just want like. You want fame and fortune, but you want to like have yeah no you want to meet you don't want to meet and greet you don't want any like put any so any social input in right. Well, this is a potential win win. So if Phil gets out there and does a little bit more than just the two three minutes in front of the stump with the groundhog, hey, maybe with a little bit more of a reel, someone will see him yeah. and he will get moved. And then the more time he's away, this gives Kenny more of a chance. Kenny, because someone's got to take Phil's place when he moves on, gives Kenny more yeah. experience where he can do some more reports. He can get get out yeah. there, so he's ready to to then fill in that that spot when Phil moves yeah. on. So it's win win. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I could say I'll say about Kenny is he. I'm not saying he's he's, he's exactly, but he reminds me of like there is there is a Philly uh, meteorologist who has the same who has this like really nerdy looking look. His name's uh, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. And now, 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 I'm serious. Look him up. People, so, Hurricane Schwartz. All right. We got we to make sure to post it so people actually see it. But yeah, no, he, like, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz, he's, he's a really good meteorologist and stuff. But, and he leans into, like, looking nerdy. Like, he actually has, like, a bow tie and everything. And he has the same, just, like, short stature of, uh, of, of Kenny, but like, yeah, he's a really charismatic, uh, weatherman and stuff. And he just kind of leans into like this, this like nerdy look, but like, yeah, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a, but yeah, but a lot of people, yeah, but a lot of people love it. And I just like, I'm not saying like they, they base Kenny on him. That's like the first like look I had when I saw this, when I saw Kenny, I was like, this guy reminds me of, of Schwartz. Yeah. On, uh, on NBC 10, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz, meteorologist. So maybe, yeah, maybe the, uh, the inspiration <laughs> for, uh, for Kenny here. 
So yeah, all right, so yeah, tell me. So tell me about the the the, the what is it? The script on Rita. Yeah, so Rita just and and kind of similar to we were talking a little bit how Phil was originally supposed to be a little bit younger or a lot bit younger, and then they kind of adjusted it to 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 Bill Murray. Originally, Rita was was really young. Like they there's a there's a station manager character that it, the uh, the early script instead of Kenny, who's kind of like a, the weather understudy. There's actually a station manager who's sending Phil out and who's saying like, oh. You know, Rita's the young pup. Can you look after her and you take care of her kind of thing? Kind of asking mm-hmm. Phil to like show her the ropes. And I think it was – I think they actually say like this is her first experience, her first foray outside of the studio, like her first on-location producing slot. So uh, they're kind of looking to Phil to like show her the ropes. But then in in Harold Ramis's second revision that I have – She's a little bit more. I think she's she's still younger, but she's more of a go getter. She talks about um, she's talking with that station manager, and he's like, "Oh, you're going to go to Punxsutawney with Phil," and then she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm working on the the nurses' strike." Like she's got pushback. She's like, "I'm doing real news. I don't want to go do the groundhog thing." Mm. She yeah it yeah it originally so or not originally but in in least in in one of the revisions. She's it seems like she's even more reluctant than Phil. Like Phil doesn't want to go, but he's not. Oh, my God. He's not not suggesting any alternative. He doesn't have anything else to do (laughs) in at least one version of the script. Like Rita's like, no, I'm I'm you know, there's a nurse's strike. This is serious news. I don't want to go do, you know, this silly, (laughs) you know, the, the silly groundhog thing. Um, So that's a little bit different than eventually. And I wonder if it's also a case of of how much that was changed after the casting if it's because they got annie mcdowell in uh you know one uh, again a little bit older she's not she's certainly not a young pup but i think she what is she like she's probably like mid-30s at this point yeah probably this is pretty early in her career she doesn't she's done a couple movies but she doesn't have a huge uh a huge resume at this point so yeah Look that up. So she was born in yeah fifty eight to to ninety three, yeah yeah yeah. So and also I think she plays the the enthusiasm that she has for um you know for this story. I think that she you know mm-hmm. that just plays better to her her character her her style that plays better than than trying to portray her as you know the hard nosed journalist trying to get the scoop kind of thing. I think, I I think there's two reasons why I absolutely do not like this original incarnation of Rita. Yeah. One is like having two curmudgeons in a movie, Mm -hmm. like, and they're your main characters. These are like your people who like, you eventually want them to, 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 to get romantic and like enjoy life together and stuff. So to have for both of them be curmudgeons is annoying. And I don't even know at this point, like what Larry, the, what what Larry the ca- uh, the cameraman is he, like he seems to be like I'm fine with this like I'm okay yeah. with this job so for him to be like like by by comparison he's going to be the most positive of our main cast for him to be like guys like it's a job like let's not get too salty about this the second reason I don't like it is because it starts to, it starts to poo poo on Groundhog Day because Groundhog Day this this little this little event that this town has right. no one's getting hurt. There's not. It's not a human ritual sacrifice. <laughs> not yet. It's like 
we get we, everyone gets together. It's something to do during the winter, and it's this old legend that we don't even know why it exists. But this groundhog will tell us if the, how the weather is going to be. And like I said, it's a little fun thing. It's just this. We get to have this little mascot, and we get to you know get guys in top hats, and it's like for two characters to say that how dumb this holiday is, or this, yeah, this little ritual is kind of it kind of makes it like the people in this town. Man, are these people in this town dumb for like enjoying trying to have this little like this little ritual holiday? This little this little like you know only in America could you have a little holiday like this kind of thing. You know, that's what it feels like. It feels like, man, what how dumb this town is for having such a holiday. I mean, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather do a political rally or, yeah, I'd rather, uh, you know, get out of town and get to get, get, get a better job. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, and it, it makes it, it makes, it just makes it like the fun, like us audience, oh, well, you guys, you guys really don't like Groundhog Day. Wow, okay. Like, it's like having two characters do that early in our movie. Yeah, you're right. It, it makes a lot of sense that, yeah, in terms of, and this is right, you know, we're minute three. Like you want to get the audience on board. They have to get interested. <laughs> yeah. If, if all your major characters, there's no, it, you know, as it is, we get, we get the spread. You've got Phil who's really, you know, cynical and kind of burnt out on one end. Larry's kind of in the middle where like it's work. I'm going to go there. I'm going to point my camera. I'm going to do it. Like he's not really excited, but he's not complaining. Yeah. And then you've got Rita who the Rita in the movie is like, Oh, this is great. You know, the cute little groundhog. This is lots of fun. You know, she's kind of into it and it's a nice, it's a nice spread. Whereas if, yeah, if you had two, two negative characters who, you know, maybe they had different motivations, different reasons for not wanting to go, but yeah, two characters that didn't want to go. And then you've got Larry, who, you know, even in, in the script, Larry's still kind of just, you know, that lukewarm water who's in the middle. You know, there's no way he can balance out those two characters. Yeah. Like, and then, so like the next couple minutes we're in the van, you know, going out to Punxsutawney, it's just the two of them complaining to Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, might be fun for a couple minutes, but it doesn't, in terms of building the whole movie. Yeah. It's really, it's it's interesting and and it's, you, you see this with other movies. I don't think it's unique to Groundhog Day of of how much it it how much a, an idea grows and a movie grows in the production that I guess like the the luck or the vision you have to find the right person. The original script is it's good because we know what it grew into, but it's not good on its own. It's missing a lot mm-hmm. of the nuance and a lot of the the fleshing out that makes this a great movie. And it just so happened that, you know, somehow this ends up going by Harold Ramis, who recognizes, oh, this is a seed that can grow into something. And and they work, uh, you know, Ramis works with 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 Ruben, the, the, the writer, the original writer, and they collaborate a little bit with with Bill Murray once he's cast. Danny Rubin actually goes to New York for a little while and spends some t- spends some time with with Bill Murray to kind of get a feel of, okay. of what he can do. And it, it grows into this wonderful movie, but you can see like if they, if they just filmed it the way it was originally on paper, or even the second or third revision, it's yeah, it's a much different and not, not as good movie. So that's. Yeah. So, so yeah. So now, so in the movie, <laughs> we first meet Rita. The first thing she's doing is she's, she's being a goof <laughs> She's in front of the blue screen with her blue jacket on. You know, you, know, you, just, yeah. see, you just see her head bobbing. And she's smiling, and she's just she's just having fun. Like the first thing is you're like, 
this woman likes to have fun. She's a chipper woman. And then, and like the, and the looks that Phil gives her, it goes from this, like this look of like, like you look at an adorable child to, she's a goof to like, Oh, like I'm miserable because I got to deal with such a chipper woman. That's like the, like the three or four faces he kind of makes within these few, few seconds. It's like, huh? I got like, cause as, as the more Kenny's is describing what Rita wants to do in this town, I think it's the more Phil hears that, ah, oh, this nice lady who just seems like really nice and chipper, you know, is having fun right here at work. She wants to do some fun and chipper <laughs> things in town. Yeah. You know, the place that you don't want to spend any time in. And he goes from like, ah, oh, she's a, she's got an adorable thing to her to like seeing all that nicety as like his nemesis. He's like, oh, great. I got to put up with this really nicey goody goody for the next, you know, for the next like eight hours. So, and then, yeah, and it looks, and then she looks over at him. <laughs> she sees whatever face he's giving her, this like dead eye, like, yeah. you're going to ruin my day, aren't you? Kind of face. And she's like embarrassed. She kind of like looks down. It's like, oh, you kind of caught me. And bashful. Like, she, yeah, she just seems like such the yeah. nicest person. And then you like, you cut to Phil being like, oh, God, miserable. <laughs> I got to deal with this nice person. Like, you know, like you think like he like, in no way does he want to cheer up. He's just like, oh, because he knows that she's going to want to talk and be this and that. He's like, I can't, like, he'd rather just have him and Larry just, like, go up and, like, he could probably convince Larry to, like, get back before dinner. And Larry would be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, Larry would go along with that. And you can see, like, yeah, he's he's amused. There's almost about 19, 20 seconds into the, the minute, Phil, like, almost starts to smile, like a real smile. But then the yeah. more Kenny's talking, like, the more he's just... Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not amused at all, but and I I I, I want to talk about that the, the Rita in front of the blue screen, and we talked. I I started getting into it a little bit with Kenny the last minute. Just the idea of the things that you do every day and the things you see every day that you're just you're so you're not impressed, you're not interested in. It's just work versus someone new coming in, and like something like like that that blue screen. And, you know, first of all, the blue screen is kind of cool anyway. I think that's kind of a neat technology. And then if you just happen to be wearing a blue jacket, so you stand in front and the screen's right there. She can see like she's just a head and hands and her she's like a, a, a ghost or a disembodied head just floating in the air. Like, I don't know, that, that seems kind of cool. Like, that's fun. That doesn't seem like that odd or weird that someone would be amused by that. But like for Phil... Again, this is just his job. This is the thing he sees every day. And just, you know, the honeymoon's over. The bloom is off the rose. Any amusement, any, you know, any way he might be impressed by that technology is just, it's, that's years ago that he thought any of this was interesting in any way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So you have, uh, you know, Phil just telling Kenny. Yeah, that he, you know, I'll be back for five. So, so if we're assuming, if we are assuming that this is the midday when he says I'll be back for five, he he really means it. Like he really means like, or not say I'm back for five, but like that he does the morning show and he drives back. So it's 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 less than twenty four hours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he he does. Yeah, he's yeah he yeah you that know, he wants. I mean, also you know he thinks he's spending time in that hotel. We'll get to that mm-hmm. later. But like, yeah, he already know in his mind, he already has like the amount, the things that I will experience in this town. I already know it. I already see it. I can't wait to get rid of <laughs> he's, it. He's, he's already thinking about the amount of whiskey it's going to take for him to get through. 
the what eight ten hours that they spend yeah. in Punxsutawney, you know, and, yeah. and how many of those hours <laughs> is he actually awake? You know, we assume he's he's planning as soon as they wrap, he's hitting the road right away. Yes, like uh, he, and, and, and you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, so so he has he doesn't really even have breakfast. Like he oh, he yeah. gets. Yeah, I said I, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But like, like we're—I know we're going to have these minutes where there's that he really kind of does this off of like one cup of coffee. He gets a coffee, he gets showered coffee, does the ca- the report. I'm out. Like he doesn't even say. Like at no point do we even see the him like him him like Larry's probably like I want to eat. Like let's hit that diner. He's probably like no, no. no. We'll hit no. that. We'll hit what we're when we're closer to Pittsburgh. We'll hit it. We'll hit yeah. a diner. Like he just like. Uh, so yeah, you, know, you have Kenny, and then he leaves. I love this transition of using the television. I think that's such because you're you're in a network, and I just love the idea of like I don't know. It's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a good transition. You can't, you can't get away with that anywhere. But if you're in a, tra- a TV station, you're like allowed to. Yeah, so it is nice. Yeah, so they show we see it's like B roll. It's like to them in in canon of the film, it's like the studio's B roll of like Channel Nine Action News Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it does that flyover of the of the city? Yeah, just like yeah, what they play like under the yeah under the credits as they're announcing. You know the sportscaster and, and the weather guy and the anchor woman. You know Nan and and all them. And then we yeah we go through the set and we come up and we're going over Pittsburgh. We see the the three rivers. I think that's Three Rivers Stadium that we're looking at there. Now is that where is that where uh, Steelers or is that where is it the Steelers or is that the uh, Penguins? That would be yeah where the well that's that's where the Steelers played. That's no longer there. Okay. So they've got I I'm pretty sure Heinz Field is where where they play now. That's they've got a new field that uh is newer than than '93. And yeah, just a, a quick look on the internet says Heinz Field opened in 2001. So uh, that's okay. where yeah that's where the Steelers used to play. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was actually I actually saw the Grateful Dead play in that okay. concert. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I kind of recognize that that part. So Heinz Stadium, that's the one that Bane blew up. Yeah. Right? Cuz that's that's the other that's the only other thing I know about <laughs> Pittsburgh is that like a few other films are filmed here. I think like the was it the striking distance with uh Bruce Willis where he plays like a riverboat cop on the Three Rivers. Oh right. With, yeah. Uh, with uh with uh what's her face from uh Texas City, isn't she in it? I don't remember. Uh I I think so. People are going to correct me, but it's it's the main the main chick from Texas City at the Oh man, you know, you know who we're talking about. Sarah Jessica Parker, right? Yeah, I think she's in it. It's like striking distance. It's like, I'm um, Bruce Willis. I uh, it's the '90s, and I can play cops. Oh yeah, it's, it's Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. So that's so that was that was that was in Pittsburgh, and then yeah, like a few of these buildings. I'm like, this looks familiar. And it's like, oh yeah, this is probably like part of you know the same skyline was this B roll in uh, Dark Knight Rises. I'll take you up city, Gotham. Yeah. So this. <laughs> This is like this is actual Pittsburgh, yes. at least this bit. And then we get a little bit of them on the road. It kind of more next minute. We can talk about the the the, yes. the route they travel. Um, that's all filmed on location, but like that's just it. Like <laughs> they did this, and then and we'll talk about it. Like all the Punxsutawney stuff is not actually in Punxsutawney, PA. Like this is, but this is the only. This is actual. Pennsylvania yeah. on the screen, but I, it's the only Pennsylvania like this and, and the next minute. Yeah. And like Harold Ramis says, like in, in the commentary, he's like, he, he never went to Pennsylvania. Like he wasn't here. This is like second yeah. unit stuff. 
like fly a helicopter, get some get some stuff, you know, the the aerial footage, the rivers and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, you know, you know them Hollywood types. Yeah, and they're and, not gonna they're not gonna come out to Pittsburgh. And that's the, and that's the thing. Like uh, when it when it comes to filming locations, you know, it in a perfect world, yeah, the actual town that you want to film in is represented perfectly. But you gotta have that artistic license of the fantasy of this town that we're creating. It works better when you know for filming like this. And I, I can't I can't knock it like this fictional or this fictional version of Punxsutawney, which is in Illinois. It's perfect looking. Like oh yeah yeah the gobbler's knob in in this town. And I said I'll, 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 I I swear well, I'll say this for a minute, <laughs> but it does. Like th- this town works perfectly. And I don't want to. I don't want to knock people from actual punks of Tony, but I, I think they could appreciate like the town and the choreography, and not the choreography, or yeah, but just like the, how the how the yeah. town works. Like you start, you can easily start seeing where things exist in the town as Phil mm-hmm. travels it, and it's probably like yeah, this town worked perfectly for this movie's version of punks of Tony. It really does. It feels like a, a moment, a little town in time. Right. Well, it makes sense because a town that's going to grow up that you live in, you work in, and it kind of grows organically is going to be different than if you're kind of planning a, a town from scratch that you, you design and you, you know, and you're doing it. You're not thinking about living or working. You're thinking about what's going to be good for the camera, what's going to look good on the screen. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to that, but what we going yeah. back to this minute, we get, Music by by George Fenton, and we hear we we talked a little bit about the the opening stuff in minute zero, and here we get uh, the weatherman, appropriately enough with oh, you know, yeah. talking about Phil, um, and this song the weatherman co-written by by Fenton with Harold Ramis. So that's one thing he was proud of. He mentions in the the commentary he got became a member of ASCAP which is the, uh, the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers. Ooh. For uh, Ramus got that for co-writing the lyrics with, with George Fenton. And it's performed by uh, Delbert McClinton, who I'm not really familiar with. I'm not a big country fan, but, I mean, Delbert. <laughs> is there, if, if there's a greater country name than Delbert, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was about to say. So he really wasn't – he didn't create the song for the movie – they created the song and said, "Hey, can you could you could you put your your twang to it?" He's like, "Yeah," and then he just sings it. Yeah, that that's my understanding. At least at least going by what Ramus says is like they wrote the song and then they found they found someone to sing it. Yeah, I just uh, you know, and and I'm kind of I'm a little bit in the dark. I'm kind of guessing. I've got I've actually got the DVD, the soundtrack of the movie, and it's really bare bones. It's got like the listing of the tracks. And that's it. Like, it doesn't say who wrote what. It, there's no liner notes. It does on the cover. It says, so featuring Sonny and Cher's I Got You, Babe. Uh-huh. So we know Sonny and Cher does that. Delbert McClinton's Weatherman. Um, but just going by the, the commentary, he's just singing it. And then the third thing it says, Othmar Liebert's You Don't Know Me. But that's other than that, it doesn't say who's singing, who writes, any of this stuff. So it's not really a... It's not a helpful DVD or not a helpful and, CD. And Pennsylvania Polka doesn't feature in this. It does, like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is on the disc. It's I just like those three I mentioned are the ones that are kind of mentioned on the cover. Yeah, it does have okay. Pennsylvania Polka on the CD, and we will hear that a little bit later. But like in terms of like 
well, what version of the Pennsylvania polka? Who's performing it? Mm. The CD doesn't say. I don't know. I and I do not know how old the song that that could be like a two hundred year old song for all I know. That. Yeah, I, is it a new song? Did they just write it for the movie? There's no uh, yeah. There's no there's no credit on the desk. So screw like that. yeah. When it comes to like when it comes to an old Pennsylvania an actual Pennsylvania polka song, I feel like it, it could have been like from the like the twenties. Like the original writer was the twenties. And, and like they just obviously got a newer uh, newer artist to say it because I I don't I don't know I I mean I I I'm in Jersey and polka is I don't know where it's like it's I'll, I'll have to research that like it's, it has like a Dutch heritage or something like where it comes from <laughs> like I just remember like this movie obviously features it and then John Candy and Home Alone you know talking about how like he's the polka king polka polka. <laughs> So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really most of my notes for this, but I am excited to, uh, to talk about, yeah, them heading out of the city and into the, the wild blue yonder. That is the Pennsylvania highways. Yeah. So let's, so let's get into it. That, that, uh, wraps up what I have for minute three as well. So yeah, I mean, the sooner we finish up here, the sooner we can get to bed and, and dream of minute four Mm -hmm. and, and hit on that tomorrow. So yeah, so let's do that. Um, once again, I am Sean. And if, while you're waiting for minute four, if you want to hear more of what I do, uh, I've got a weekly podcast, five minutes of mime, and that's over at five minutes of mime.com. And, and Dave, I hear that you've got a podcast of your own. Oh yes. Uh, it's called five minutes of mystery. And that's where I have guests on. And we take the movie mystery men from 1999, the Ben Stiller superhero comedy. We break it up into five minute chunks that we just talk about like, how fun it was to talk about superheroes before they were big, before the the big Marvel and DC thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so that's really great. I encourage folks to, to check that out. And also check out our website. It's at thegroundhogminute.com. You can also join us on Facebook. Check in there at the uh, Gobbler's Knob, Woo-hoo. the Groundhog Minute listeners group. And you can you can knock on there and, you know, tell us about uh, you know, tell us about your experience with with the Pennsylvania polka or tell us about your your Pittsburgh stories. Um, you can also tweet, tweet us at Groundhog Minute. Or if you you're no, you don't want to be antisocial, you want to get into antisocial media, you can reach out to us where no one else can see. And that's by email at groundhogminute.com. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that, you know, just between us there. Um, but so that's, that's it from us for minute three. And we will, we'll see you tomorrow if there is one.